Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. It's the second hour of Sports Talk here on News Talk 1493.9 FM. WDWS Champaign Urbana, featuring the News Gazette sports writers Matt Daniels, Bob Osmussen, and Scott Ritchie, delivering the latest insights on the Illini and more. Join the program by calling 217-356-9397 or send a text to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line 217-351-5357. Now, here are the News Gazette sports writers and your host, Steve Kelly. To Monday Night Sports Talk, everybody. Hour number two, heading towards 6 o'clock with the phone lines open, 217-356-9397. Here on DWS, sports editor of the News Gazette, Matt Daniels is here, Scott Ritchie is here. And welcome back to the studio, Bob Osmussen. How you doing, Robert? I'm good. Thank goodness. Ready for some football? Oh, yeah. Now that we turn the month... The calendar to the month of August. Football should not start in July. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. August. Never July. Never July. Bob what? spent the previous half hour before the show yelling at the pitcher blue sky here in Champaign. No, I did not. You're so fired up. You're wearing shoulder pads and I'm ready. Knee pads and thigh pads. I'm ready. Got your jersey on. That's not true. Got your Braves coat on. I do always have my Braves coat on. Just it's very case. cold out today in Champaign. In, in so. this office, it's freezing cold. It's like a freezer. You got to know where you're going, right, Bob? Exactly. <laughs> got to dress accordingly. <laughs> Scott Ritchie here as well. Three practice sessions with the football team are in the books. What'd you learn? <laughs> <laughs> well, only uh, two of those practices were we allowed to watch anything. And right. By anything. How do they um, stretch? Do they look good stretching? You know, they they do it in unison. <laughs> it's very that's cool. Regimented. Um, I don't know. It's we get fifteen minutes at the very start of practice, and I got to tell you, I don't know anything about this Illinois team that I maybe didn't know already. It's just we don't see anything relevant. Um, in those 15 minutes. And I mean, you've got to go on what you're told after practice. Yeah, which uh, they're not going to spin that at, at all. But right. the one thing I learned today is like Art Sikowski, he <laughs> must be feeling better because he will throw every pass he can, I think, as hard as possible. Or at least he was today. Uh, so there you go. There's your insight. Um, so you showed- saw that or you heard that? I, I saw that because the oh, quarterbacks okay. – I don't know I if you want to speak that into existence, Scott, because you may not see that again. <laughs> well, I mean, the quarterbacks don't uh, don't stretch with the rest of the team. Maybe I don't know the, the process special. there. <laughs> but while the while most of the team is stretching, the defensive linemen are you know doing some drills with each other. The offensive linemen are doing the same, and the quarterbacks are uh, you know start off at least you know taking some snaps from uh, the guys that in theory could play center. Um, 
but that's you know, there's five of them. If you're fifth on the depth chart at center, you're probably not going to be a center. So tomorrow you get a chance to uh, talk to the quarterbacks, reportedly. Yeah, uh, don't get to see anything because there'll right. be no open portion tomorrow. But the Tommy DeVito, Art Sikowski will both be available, and for whatever that's worth, um, you know, they're the two though that are competing for that that QB one spot. Someone needs to ask him if they've been to Jersey Mike's either on campus or the new location here in Champaign. Bob, you want to fall on that? I will, absolutely. Please don't, I'm joking. I I won't, but first thing is, let's not dwell on this, but let's say the limited time we get to see actual practice is silly, okay? There's nothing that can happen now between now and basically game week that we would be able to communicate in such a way that we would hurt them against Wyoming. Uh, I'm going to say that I'm going to stand up for reporters. The fact that everything's been cut back. I know they help us in terms of getting interviews, and that's great. I appreciate that. And it's not the people's fault. But whoever decided you can't watch a bit, it's just wrong. And it's not proper, and it's maybe it'll make a difference. I don't think it will in terms of wins and losses. I can't imagine us watching an hour of practice once a week would cost that team anything at all. And if they, if they think that it is, then that's a problem. Here, that they're worried about that is a problem. Here, here's what here's a solution for any Correct. any reporter that wants to go cover an Illinois football practice. You have a bucket where you put your cell phone in. And right, you, you get it. There at, you go. At the end of the allotted. I time. don't trust anybody to touch, not take my phone because my life is on there. Well. <laughs> Cell phones look an awful lot alike, don't they? You'd have to, true. You'd have to <laughs> I got find Scott's a way to again, mark them right? <laughs> You could say that. Or somebody, nobody's going to grab Lawrence because it's from like the 1800s. <laughs> but other than Lawrence, everybody's going to be picking up my, my phone by accident. Well, I'd put my cell phone on there, and then maybe I'd pick up a burner phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you just blew the whole idea. Oh, whoops. <laughs> well, and... It's not going to happen anyway, so why are, we, why are we even talking about it? And I, I don't want to dwell on it, but I do think I, – I go back to 30 years ago when I came here. I could literally watch every second, not only of training camp, which is obvious to me, but the season practice. I watched every bit of it. I don't think I missed anything. And, and there were days when I really didn't want to go, but I went because I didn't know what I would, might miss. When I came in 1981, Mike White was in the second year. Okay. And it was almost like, you want to you stand out there on the goal line during practice? Come on out. To bring your camera anywhere you want to put it. And uh, But times have changed. There's that, no such thing as— That was 40 as, years ago. But there's no such thing as bad publicity. These guys, they're, I don't know if you've seen their crowds. They're not very big. So everything we do to help them, in terms of not intentionally, but every bit of word we talk about their team is a good thing for them. With all that said, Illinois is not clearly the only school in the country of that course. does this. Of uh, course, right. That's more, right. more do it this way now, and then they're all wrong. So <laughs> they are all wrong. I don't know that they're going to change because we think they're wrong. But no, but I, I would look maybe at the NFL model because they certainly during tra- training camp, I believe you can watch almost all of it. Fans can come watch. That to me, and which which sport is the most popular in all the sports? Which sport? By far, NFL. Mm-hmm. Not even close. And it's because partly because they, everybody gambles on that. Well, you had kind of the NFL experience here with Lovey. We did. Uh, That's he right. didn't say a whole lot when <laughs> no. he did talk. Uh, and 
but to his uh, defense, some of those practices early on, not the last year, but the early on were open. They when, were open. When they were over there off Kirby the, Avenue there. That was pretty cool. And I think that was fun. And you know what? Fans liked it. And again, why don't you make yourself self available? I guess they're going to have one open practice. That's going to be dumbed down to a level that we'll see as much there as we saw in the spring game. Right. So how are you guys coming on your top 50 teams and players? All good. Yeah. About halfway through. Yeah, number 25 rolls out in uh, Tuesday's News Gazette. So the top 25 for the most important Illini and top 25 teams will be in Tuesday's paper. Did you have to uh, sign off on that, Matt? Did you have to agree with? Uh, I, I kind of, after all these years, I try not to micromanage too much. They, Bob and Scott, yes, probably have I'm different. My head probably Bob sure and Scott probably have differing opinions no, of, of this. But on the top fifty, I really didn't. They, Bob and Scott, both came up with their own list, and I think they both sent them to me before we, we started we running. We sent them to each other mm-hmm. too, and I, I just want to know, Scott, did you think anything was out of whack? That we we both had the same opinion, which is you're fine. Didn't matter. Yeah, and I've I've tweaked my list a little bit, but not. I can't for the. <laughs> yeah, you have to submit yours. I mine's as. in, so I can't tweak <laughs> in there. Um, actually, I'm going to hear about it soon when the Alabama people see my number one. They're not going to be happy at all. We got Just, a caller on the line. Uh, go ahead, you're on Sports Talk with us. What's on your mind? Well, a couple of things, actually, Steve. Hello, guys. Carl, hey, good. Carl. how are you? I think you uh, pretty good. How are you? Good. Um, well, there, there's one thing. I think coaches give uh, people who go out to practice too much credit because all the time I must have gone, uh, gone out to practice over 100 times over the years, and I couldn't tell what was going on very often. I'm not that smart. Maybe you guys are smarter than me, but it, no, I you're just right, really Carl. couldn't tell. No, we couldn't figure out a thing. I, I can tell who's playing well, probably, but not well, enough I mean, like, to like one, it. one instance that comes to mind from watching Camp Tool back in 2013 was Mikey Dudek. Right. It's like, okay, who's this? He's good. Who, yeah, he, yeah, he's catching everything right. that is thrown to him. We scrambling trying to figure out who he was. Exactly. It, but at the time, though, it's like, okay, he, he might play this year. Cause he might he, be okay. I don't think he dropped an entire pass <laughs> no. in Cambridge. That's right. Tool, but that's that, right, Carl. That's what, that's what it comes out. You might see a freshman. You watch a freshman. Actually, I go back to Juice. Mm-hmm. Juice Williams. You thought, he's pretty good. But that's... That's not a, something I, I I don't think anybody any coach would have known that every coach would have known that known that. So, yeah, and I still contend that when it comes to the end of a, a game, coach, uh, teams could switch uh, switch huddles, switch sidelines, and tell you what you're going to do anyway. That's probably right. Uh, that makes sense. I'm probably Carl. You know what reporters you know, do? That, it, oh, sorry. Reporters of practice, all we do is talk to each other. And, <laughs> and that's all we do. We, we might watch a little bit. We mostly yeah, talk to each other, we catch don't up. How's Carl doing? <laughs> How's Steve doing? So it's pretty much and all who, it who's is. that number 76 over there? Yeah, trying to figure out who everybody is. I think a lot of the reason, a big part of the reason they do this is is injuries. Yeah, that's right. You don't that's right. see who goes down or 
who gets hurt or who's fighting with who on the offense and defensive lines. Yeah, because, I mean, usually in, in the past when they had Camper and Tool, I mean, that was usually the first question to ask a coach yeah. is if you'd see someone right. get hurt during a particular drill or during a particular scrimmage or anything like that. And, yeah, that's, that's There were some big injuries, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. The, the injuries don't go away just because you close practice, though. Correct. They, they still happen. No, the, but the word leaks out yep. rather than, True. you know, gets seen by everybody. Anything else, yeah, Carl? Uh, w- yeah, I, I'm just kind of impressed with the last couple of hires that Josh Whitman has made. I mean, I won't pretend to be able to pronounce the track track director's name, but it's impressive. What he got? Two national championships under his belt? Mm-hmm. At Georgia. So, I mean, how do you get... You know, it's very impressive to get a guy like that. And Sean Green, so... Yeah, uh, no, you As far you're, as hiring... Go ahead. No, you're right, Carl. I mean, the to hire uh, Petros Cipriano, the, the new track and field director at, at Illinois, uh, is definitely a steal. Um, you know, I've talked to some other... Uh, journalists who cover track and field uh, pretty extensively, and, and they say he's a big-time hire and a big-time get in, in that sport and uh, maybe can help Illinois rise from the bottom of the Big Ten where they're currently positioned in, in track and field. And Shauna Green's come with nothing but glowing recommendations uh, so far. And, uh, again, we'll, we'll know more in November, December when the Illinois women's basketball team starts playing games and particularly in Big Ten play where they've struggled mightily for, for some time. But, I mean, on paper, they seem to seem to be uh, solid hires. Yeah, I'm just um, – and then Brett Balaam, I, I think, is the best uh, football coaching hire in my lifetime. But Were you, here, I mean, were you alive when John McEvick got hired? Because, to me, that's going to be the no-burner there. John McEvick – Never did anything but go to bowl in four years. So, in my my lifetime, it'd be him. He was the best tire here. Not even close. Um, I don't think so, Bob. I know we disagree I on that, but he uh, he went to four bowl games in four years. So, had uh, one of the best seasons I've seen here. Probably the second best season. And so he, to me, is he came here obviously inherited a great quarterback that helped, but he didn't have the whole four years. Hey, Carl, thanks for the call. Always thanks, good Carl. to uh, hear from okay, you. Hey, Carl. Plus, McEvick, didn't he beat Ohio State all four years? I think every year. That's correct. Three That's, out of four. And maybe. the guy that replaced him also beat Ohio State. So Plus, yes. the, what, the only Illinois football coach in the last 60 years to leave on his own volition? Yeah. I'd go with Ever. Ever, probably. Ever. Yeah. ever. No, it's Ever. Ever's yeah. there right there. Okay. So. Need to take a break here on Monday Night Sports Talk, hour number two at uh, 5 24 stay with us phone line will stay open and we'll be back after this welcome back to the show hour number two of monday night sports talk here on dws with you until the uh, six o'clock hour so scott and bob have you cleared out your notebooks uh, yet uh, from last week's Big Ten football media days, or still got some stories tucked away in there you're sitting on, or did everything get outdated pretty quickly? <laughs> well, not everything. I mean, there's, I could probably dive back in for a well, little bit. Well, the coaches are saying the same thing. 
Hey, we're really excited to get started. We haven't seen our teams yet, so don't ask anything about the teams. But that happens every year. Yeah, I mean, there's, I could probably go back for a few things from Brett Bielma, but uh, over the course of you know a few days last week, I wrote quite a bit about Illinois football. So I didn't you know tap into everything, but the the big the big things you know made their way into the the pages of the News Gazette already. I didn't get to go. So I was, I was. Yeah, but you were watching. I was you? watching, but it's not the, not the same because when you're there, you can hear all the post press conference press conference, which he did. How long? Twenty minutes. Uh, Bielma did about ten, uh, but Josh Whitman was available yeah. for twenty minutes. That's a, that's a lot of value there, and I think some of the other coaches do that something similar. I think Iowa's coach who always does that does that for his people, so it's it's kind of cool. I see why they do it the way they do it, but I liked it so much better when everybody was there yeah. the same day, mm-hmm. and uh, you had a chance to hear everybody. Too many, though. It is, I get yeah. that, but uh, you also not, miss number, out. The on, number's not going down either. No, it's going to go up. No, you you also miss out on your contemporaries in the media that cover other right teams that are there Tuesday, and then you're there Wednesday, and and some of those people stay. Some a lot of media people don't stay both days. Right. It's unfortunate, but there's too many schools. And that, I mean, there's not. I think the Big Ten's going the right way, but I think they're going to add four more. Or maybe, did I have somebody on your show Saturday, Steve? Might have been guy from, Marty from North Carolina. I, was, I don't agree with a lot, but he said something <laughs> was really smart. He said something really good. He was talking about adding the four more Pac-12 schools Notre Dame and maybe a couple of from the ACC going to twenty four. I thought that was great and brilliant. I, I, yeah, he had like four divisions, right? Didn't he? Four, and I thought that was pretty cool, <laughs> pretty pretty good. You could have a division that would. All I'm thinking about it selfishly. I went to Illinois with Iowa, Purdue, Northwestern, Indiana, a couple of the other nearby schools. That's what I would like. So whatever makes that happen. Well, here's the thing, El- the Big Ten, I mean, if you ask maybe some individual athletic directors, they're not as gung-ho about expansion as maybe right. Kevin Warren has been um, because from an individual school standpoint, more teams means a smaller piece of the TV pie. Correct. Unless it's huge. Then you don't mind that gear. USC, UCLA add significant oh, value. Time. Um Oregon and Washington would not add the same. They Some, would, a little bit. But not enough to offset the fact that you've got to split it now 18 ways right. instead of 16. They bring some cool uniforms. I, I, I like Georgia Tech would add Atlanta, which they don't have right now. That's a growing state. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I, Notre Dame would add Notre Dame significant actually. monetary value. Yep. But anything that ends up in the long run being a smaller piece of the pie the teams that are in the Big Ten, schools that are in the Big Ten, will fight that. That's probably right. Let's go back to the uh, phones on Monday Night Sports Talk. Hi, you're on the air with us. Go ahead. Hi, this is John M. from Washington, D.C. I haven't called in a while, but uh, I actually am trying to find something out. Uh, I, I want to thank uh, uh, Scott and uh, uh, Bob for bringing back the top 50 teams and also the top 50 most important line. I really love that. But unfortunately... Alana HQ uh, skipped from uh, Team 41 and Player 41 to uh, Team 39 and Player 39. So who who was the number 40 best team? Matt, what happened there? 
I was on vacation for a while. <laughs> we got a look you guys, confused. You guys are all adults here. I, I did them. Uh, Do I have to hold your hand through everything? No, I Bob? did it. I put Scott? it in there. I put it in. The website sometimes. The internet is a beast on its own sometimes. So you're looking for number 40? Is that 40? One? I can't remember. Number 40. The number 40 team and the number 40 Alana. Uh, I'll have to look at that. Uh, 40 player uh, should have been Sean Miller, freshman wide receiver. Okay. All right. Oh, okay. All right. Team-wise, Bob? Uh, <laughs> you have to look it up. What did you, sure. you have for lunch today, Bob? Can I, you remember that? I really didn't eat lunch. I didn't eat lunch. Breakfast? Yeah, uh, the usual cereal. <laughs> waffles. Cereal um, and waffles? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> the usual. Don't make Bob talk while he's trying to look <laughs> up. Don't look up his own so. uh, While Bob is looking for the answer, I, there is one other thing I'd like to ask about. Uh the Illini Nation makes, I guess, the assumption that the successful season would be six wins and a bowl uh, eligibility. But is there something a little bit less than that that we could look at to say, okay, that was a successful season? Well, I, I think it just if you the first half of the Illinois football schedule is is a lot more appealing for the potential to get a six win season than the back half of. Uh, of of the of the schedule, I think last year obviously didn't start out well. I mean, they didn't win a game in September last year. Uh, they, they they've won some games late that I think left people with some some good vibes going into the off season. Obviously, the win at Penn State and then the win at Minnesota are kind of the two highlights. And then just basically beating the pants off Northwestern, I think, gave Illinois fans some optimism for for this coming season. Yes, I mean, six wins in a bowl is always the obtainable goal just because the majority of college football teams are able to get to that mark. And right. Illinois just oh. has more teams, and don't more, team, more teams go to bowl games than, than don't, than don't go to bowl games. Because there are too many bowl don't, games. No, we're not going, no, down, that, we're not going down that hole right now. That, that's not what John M. from I, D.C. asked, Scott. Let's, let's stay on task here. John, first of all, number 40, Kansas State football. There you okay. go. Oh, Kansas, Kansas okay. Yeah, correct. And uh, – there are there are not too many balls. Matt's wrong. <laughs> Scott said that. I didn't say I, that. You both I've wrong. said that in the past. But uh, but I do think for Illinois, there's probably somewhere between not going to bowl and going to bowl, and that would be a better five and seven. Yeah, that's I, a better, okay. more competitive. So, don't play be in every game. I think to me that that second Ron Zook team is kind of where you want to be at some point in this second year. They played. I think they were two and ten. They were in every game, almost every game. Lost Ohio State by a touchdown at home. Played well. That's what you wanted. I, I mean, you could make the argument too that Illinois was in quite a few games. They were last year. They I mean, were. They, they they could have won. They could have beat Maryland here in Champaign. They could have won at Purdue. Right. Uh, they could have got to seven. Yeah, very easily. easily. They could have easily gone to been three and nine because right. they could have lost the nine overtime. Exactly, disaster. I think John, if if you're looking for if they do finish less than six wins, I think you're looking for kind of more of those those signature wins that they had the against fill. Northwestern, okay. where it's it's convincing from the start. Right. You know, it's not this so, kind of back and forth. It's gonna the game's decided on. Uh, coaching okay. decision whether to kick a field goal or not on fourth and one, like what happened a few times, or Illinois finding themselves in unenviable positions and losing late leads like they had last year at times too. So I think you're looking for more. You, if they do finish, say, five and seven or something, you're looking for the close losses, but also the wins that really show sustained, mm -hmm. su okay. sustained success may be on the way. Okay. 
Hey, so thanks, Bob, for the info. Sure. And also, and also Scott, too. Thanks for reading, John. Thanks for the call, John. We appreciate it. Okay, bye-bye. Once the Big Ten season starts, Illinois will be an underdog in every game until you get to Northwestern, and who knows by that time. Yeah, and this year's going to be different, out. too, because the Big Ten season for Illinois starts in week two. Technically week one. Right. Yeah, technically like it should be week two, but it's week one with the Friday night game in Indiana. But once all the non-conference is done for the Illini and once October rolls around, I mean, you're looking at a, a gauntlet. It's a bear. It's yeah. a bear. Especially if Illinois goes into October, say, at two and two. And that's without Ohio State on the schedule. Mm-hmm. So they got Michigan, Michigan State, big deal there. No Penn State this year either. I, think, I keep coming back to the Indiana game. Is probably maybe the most critical at Illinois in a couple of years, because if they win that game, if they're two and zero, I'm assuming they're going to beat Wyoming. If they're two and zero coming out to Indiana, they have a chance to go four and zero start this season. Which again, if you're thinking about bowl, you have to do that. Got to do at least three and one. That's worst case. I mean, Virginia obviously they've got a new coach and yeah, Tony Elliott. They got the same quarterback. Exactly, the same quarterback. It didn't know, stop him last year. I know Ryan Walters and his defense improved last season. They made adjustments, but Brennan Armstrong is still back, and Virginia yeah. is still a respectable uh, yeah. opponent. I know it. Maybe it helps that it's here in Champaign. Doesn't always help. Exactly, can't help. D- didn't help against UTSA. Mm-mm. Didn't help against Maryland. Or I mean, Rutgers. Or Rutgers. Those are games they should have won. Mm-hmm. They didn't win. So we'll see. It's 538. Need to take a timeout. We're chugging along until 6 o'clock if you'd like to join us. But we'll be back with more in just a minute or two. Stay with us. 542 Monday Night Sports Talk here on whatever day this is in August. <laughs> it is number one, isn't it? 26 days, there's going to be Illinois football. Yeah, I know. And what, 25 or four days, there's going to be high school football? Is that I right? don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Where so, did summer go? Saw a bunch of high school football players in the building. Yeah, we're doing something cool pretty this week. Uh, just started today. We're on doing it throughout the week. Uh, brought five area teams in today and going to bring about 30 more here the rest of the week. We're kind of calling it high school football media days here. Uh, just having... A coach and three players from all of our programs stopped by for some interviews, some radio hits as well, some photos. All that's going to be coming out in the pages of the News Gazette. We're going to do our high school football special section uh, Thursday, August 25th. It'll be out. I don't want to think about putting that together yet, but we are in the process of doing that. Well, you guys find a way to get her done. Somehow, some way. It's the leadership of one uh, no, Matt Daniels. No, 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 no. It's the hard work of Scott and Bob and Colin Likas and yeah, Joe you Bizzelli, keep him, Joey Wright. you got to keep them focused. No, though. I just got to annoy him enough and say, hey, Crack do the this, whip. do this, do this. No, he's pretty nice. He always asks always ask ostensibly. Yeah, they, they never block my calls or my text messages. Nah, and well, I always we'll tell answer. Scott when he's going on vacation or whatever to make sure you don't. Know, delete or block my number, and he hasn't yet. Yet, yeah, yet is the key word, I guess. Let's talk a little basketball. What's new with uh, Illinois? They got some unofficial visitors this week, Scott. Yeah, I had three guys on campus today. Um, class of twenty twenty four commit Merez Johnson and his Saint Rita and Mean Streets teammate James Brown were were back. They've been regular visitors here in Champaign for the last. Oh, year or so. Um, and then class of 2025 guard Bryce Hurd also took an unofficial visit. Um, 
from Chicago, went to Kenwood you know, last year as a freshman, but he is transferring to Mount Verde Academy as most, I feel like Mount Verde added like 10 transfers this year, but they did graduate a bunch of their division. I mean, they just churn out division one prospects. So he's headed to Florida for his sophomore year. Um, and then tomorrow, Trey McKinney, he's a class of 2025 guard from Michigan, uh, but also in the mean streets uh, system. Uh, he's going to take an unofficial and uh, your recruiting, it just never ends. Ever, ever, ever ends. I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I got a basketball edition for you. Yes. No, nothing related to recruiting. Michael Finke, mm-hmm. I heard from him today. He's got a new job, got a new team to play for. He's going to Porta, Portugal, oh, which nice. I've never heard of. Town of like 200,000 people. He's, he's hidden there. He will miss the, uh, unfortunately, miss the Coleman Central's mm-hmm. right, miss the game on Saturday. Hey, you're writing about that in tomorrow's I am. So that's why I kind of, I checked with him just to make sure he hadn't signed because I was writing, he's going to play, and then, of course, he's not. So, But uh, a lot of players are going to be there, but he's not going to be there. They're really cool there this Saturday. Uh, do you know what time that game's starting? Six o'clock. Six o'clock. Yep. It's at Centennial. Yep, five uh, bucks to get uh, in. So f- Alumni reunion game between some former Centennial boys basketball standouts and f- some former Champagne Central boys right. basketball standouts. So should be great cool. new uniforms, pretty cool. It'd be yes. fun. Revante Rice also going to miss the game apparently. Okay. But did uh, Michael have some other uh, options? Uh, I'm sure he did. He, I think he looks for combination of best opportunity and also lifestyle. So sure. Mm-hmm. Portugal sounds cool actually. In town that size, basically double where he grew up. So he probably probably be pretty good for him. He's he's going to do this for a while. He's He's in great shape. He can mm-hmm. play basketball, make a lot, make a lot of money, travel the world for several years. I think that'd be great. Scott, you were talking about about a bunch of twenty twenty five guys there. <laughs> Let's tell me about a twenty twenty three guy that, uh, that Any, is still on the radar. Oh, so here is the thing: there is not that many. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, Monty Hansberry is kind of at the top of Illinois' list, but uh, he's also at the top of Penn State's list, and I think he was just either recently on a visit to Miami or has one coming up. Right. Um, but the the pool has narrowed for Illinois in the class of 2023, mostly because the guys are, trend, are committing elsewhere. Um, but he's an option, certainly, and they've gone all in on him. And then uh, Nicolo Moretti, the Italian guard who played last year um, at DME Academy in Florida. Um, he's also a, a newer option. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, Garrick Normand, he's a, a Point guard out of Texas, more recent you know, offer, but uh, Texas seems to be you know, a contender there. But uh, Nicola Moretti is actually playing, uh, was started over the weekend and through all of this week at the FIBA U18 European Championships in Turkey for Team Italy. And actually had a, a bounce back game today because he struggled yesterday, but Italy beat Montenegro by 35 and uh, Nicola Moretti finished with 10 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists and a couple steals. Uh, Zachary Perrain, incoming freshman, uh, is playing for the French U18 team uh, also in Turkey and has been arguably their best player through 3 games and had a great game today in a win against Israel. Um, put up 20 points and 8 rebounds. Um with and blocked one shot, but uh, super efficient, and he's played really well um, through three games. The pool play, let's just say Team France has not been uh, challenged 
Israel is you know their stiffest test so far, and they still uh, won that game by 16. Um, so just a it's a good opportunity for Zachary Prane, and you know it's a U18 competition, and uh, I believe he might have just turned either turned 18 today or sometime this week. So he's one of the youngest guys on that roster, and ostensibly they know their best player. Let's talk a little baseball with the uh, trading deadline now less than 24 hours from uh, this moment. The Juan Soto sweepstakes uh, continues. The Dodgers still very much involved. and That's got to scare you a little bit if you're a, a fan of a team that uh, might also be involved in uh, those talks with Juan Soto. When the big money guys get in there, they usually get their way. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Cardinals have been, uh, you know, bandied about for a couple weeks now ever since the war ever since news broke that that soto was going to be available um which is just kind of we were talking off air and scott said it best i mean we're just kind of he's holding the market right now because we're waiting to kind of see what happens with with soto at all i mean he's a, a generational talent the the hitting numbers he's put up so far in his career rank among some of the best to ever play the game uh and it's just if you're the cardinals i think you just try to I don't know what the Nationals will ask for. They're going to ask for a lot, most likely. But I think you, I think you just have to push all your chips in the middle of the table and and see, see how it unfolds. Um, they they're they're an inconsistent team this year in a pretty weak division. And if you're able to get a player like Juan Soto, I know you may have to give up some future prospects, obviously, and even some maybe some guys that are on the current forty man and, and the big league team right now. But to get a chance to land a player like him, I think. Uh, kind of overrides all of that. I think you got to step out of your comfort zone if you're going to talk about making a blockbuster deal like this. I mean, it's going to get uncomfortable even now, not only now, but even later because you don't know how those prospects mm-hmm. might turn out. Or Exactly. But, but that's part of it. That's it, part of the gamble. Exactly. And it just seems like for, again, I'm a Cardinals fan, so I get why people can get frustrated with the Cardinals fans saying oh this will me will me this because they've been one of the most consistent franchises in all of baseball at all but it just seems like for the past six seven eight years or so they've just kind of been on this just kind of okay well you know we'll just we'll get into october and you know once you get in the playoffs anything can happen i mean bob bob knows that very well based on on last year with with what the braves did but still it's just you kind of want to see them just I mean, the Yankees are going out left and right and acquiring anyone they want to. I mean, they got Andrew Benatendi, they got Frankie Montez today. Uh, they're just adding relievers. They're they're making it known to their fan base, and that's kind of what's important too is the optics of all this. They're making it known that they want a championship. Right. The Cardinals just seem to be kind of like, oh well, you know, we want to get in the playoffs, but I don't know if we're doing everything we can. I mean, you've got just 2022 for the Cardinals. You've got. Albert Pujols, Shadier Merlin in your final season. You've got Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado playing at their absolute best. They still have some pitching issues that need to be sorted out, but you get a player like Juan Soto, that just kind of, to me, puts them in a different class. Well, that says to the rest of the National League and the rest of baseball, hey, we're serious. We're here to. We're, we're not here to mess around. Depending on what the tint is in your glasses, <laughs> it's hard to, uh, to decide or answer the question, who needs him the most? In Juan Soto, you can make a case for for any of those teams, but not uh, the Dodgers. <laughs> well, that's my answer. To that not the Dodgers. But I mean, too, we we saw what the Dodgers did last year at the deadline. I mean, they they got the best players. They got Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. I mean, they didn't that. win the division. They didn't win their National League. Dodgers. No, so there they you go. they ran into a, a wrong team. For yeah, once. exactly. There you go. 
But I mean, uh, not counting on lightning strike striking twice, though. And I think that team you're talking about was fifty-one and yeah. fifty-two. When I got when I when I went in the hospital, they were bad. And I was and apparently I, me going to the hospital must have cured everything because <laughs> I come to the hospital and they're like in the playoffs, and I'm later, a little bit later I'm like. It was good timing because I wasn't working. So I think great. they were you know, game under five hundred at the beginning of August. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. they were, and then all of a sudden they got, they got better. I got better, and I worked out pretty well. Nice October. <laughs> nice master plan there. Well, wasn't I worked it out well. Well, we'll see what happens here or doesn't happen. Yeah, I mean, Scott, you, what do you think is going to happen? What do, you, what do you think John Mozeliak and the front office of the Cardinals are going to do? I mean, I mean, I think they're going to disappoint me like they have <laughs> for <laughs> years, but. Make the trade. Like I don't care what it costs. Get Juan Soto because mm-hmm. I mean everyone's like, oh, you can't trade Jordan Walker. Well, one, well, where's he gonna play? Because first and third are locked up. If you get Juan Soto, an outfield spot's locked up, and Jordan Walker's only like three years younger than Juan Soto. He's twenty three years old and arguably the best hitter in baseball. And those guys don't come around. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> The Cardinals have shown they can, they can draft a Jordan I'll Walker. give you a comp for him. Now, I'm going to say this reluctantly. He's Hank Aaron. Okay? No, he's, his, he's numbers, Hank Aaron. his numbers he are is Hank Aaron. right it's up like, there among some of the best that have ever played the game, and he's only 23 he's years old. He's unreal, and he, I wish he was And the, this nice thing, too, is like, okay, it's not just a rental for two months. He, he'd be under contract two years, for right? two and a half seasons, yeah. and then who yeah. knows what could happen. Yeah, and that. maybe you know he wants to resign long-term. In St. Louis, it's going to cost half a billion dollars. <laughs> That's where it gets uncomfortable. <laughs> just you win your lottery and you're good. But they just you know, got a brand new deal, a new TV deal that pays them right. a literal fortune. They can't cry poverty. No. No. And it's if he doesn't want to resign, you could maybe win a World Series this year or next year and then flip him in year three. You won't have as much leverage to get, but you can get some of your prospects The Yankees have guys, so there you go. We need to take a final break here at uh, 5.55. We'll do that and be back to wrap things up after this. we got a minute or so left here on the Monday Night Sports Talk Hour number two. Speaking of media days, as we were earlier in the show, volleyball media days going on in Chicago, Wisconsin. Shock, shock. (laughs) Is the preseason number one ranked team, Illinois. Coming in at number six. Yeah, and uh, Raina Terry, uh, all preseason Big Ten, the only Illini uh, on that list. And Scotty, they finally released publicly their 2022 schedule, which is nice because the season starts soon. Yeah, although it'll be some time before Illinois fans will get a chance to see the team in person. In Champaign. Uh, in Champaign. Hey, they can make yes. all kinds of trips if mm-hmm. they want, but the first home match isn't until September. September 23rd against Maryland, mm-hmm. the start of Big Ten play. So it's four straight non-conference weekends. On the road to start the season. Coming up in the News Gazette tomorrow? Uh, yeah, got to look at uh, football. Scott's got a story on Sean Snyder, the new Illinois special teams coordinator, son of former Kansas K-State coach Bill Snyder. Uh, look at Luke Goody as well and what he's up to. And uh, also Twin City Golf uh, happened this past weekend as well. So plenty of uh, local sports content coming in Tuesday's News Gazette. Very good. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Steve. News Gazette, the award-winning News Gazette sports writers on Monday Night Sports Talk. WDWS 93.9 FM, Champaign-Urbana. Appreciate you listening. This is Steve Kelly for the guys. Have a good night.